Wow, you are in for a treat today, everyone. I got the opportunity to sit down with three Olympians to talk about what it means for our game to be back in the Olympics in 2028 in LA. Just an incredible episode, tons of tidbits, um, their history with their national programs, what the Olympics meant to them, what they think the Olympics um, with softball being in the Olympics means to our game and sort of the expectation of all of our national programs across the world getting better pouring into our game and what that looks like. Just an incredible opportunity. I feel so privileged to have had this conversation and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Bet on Me podcast, the ultimate resource for softball players looking to take control of their training and reach their full potential. I'm your host, Krista Stoker. And on this show, we'll be discussing everything from taking a holistic approach to your training to data-driven strategies for maximizing and growing yourself, not only on the field, but off. We believe that athletes should lead their own journey and push past any perceived ceilings on their talent. So join us as we explore the world of softball player development and help you bet on yourself. Because when you bet on yourself, you can't lose. All right, we're back for another episode, and I feel like I should start it off with a little bit. I'm very excited. I'm in some softball royalty here. Um, excited to chat today about um, our sport being back in the Olympics in LA, um, which is, was an exciting announcement that we all um, were excited to hear the past few weeks. So I thought no one better to talk about that than Olympians. Uh, maybe I'm probably not the best person to chat about the impact of something like that. So um, I'm super excited to have three with me and medalists, um, which is uh, incredible. So um, super pumped. So maybe just if all three of you, and I'm going to kick it to Joey first, because I see her face right under me, uh, want to chat about your backgrounds with your national teams. Um, just generally sort of like recap whatever you feel like is relevant for that story, um, just so that the listeners uh get a history lesson as they should in our sport. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Thank you for having us. Uh, and I'll take you back all the way to my youth when I actually have an autobiography that I wrote in high school titled future Olympian. And <laughs> I, I love sharing that and just allowing the world to understand how deeply seated that dream was for me. And my journey with the national team didn't start until post-college. I attended a tryout. My parents actually signed me up for an open tryout, and I didn't want to go. I was so nervous, and by the end of the tryout, I felt like maybe maybe I can be here and was invited to the final camp and was one of the final cuts and just spent that whole next year un uncovering every single stone that I could and getting better and went back in 2010 and made the team and at that point there was no hope for softball being in the olympics or on the olympic program and so i didn't think i would ever be able to fulfill that dream of mine but we we showed up every summer and attacked whatever schedule we had and as the years went by we you know worked and worked on our culture and ourselves and and our sport and it was such an exciting moment in 2016 when they announced it would be in Tokyo and we all realized that 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 dream could could be fulfilled potentially so then you know going to work to level up one more time because what what got you here won't get you there is is a quote that has motivated me for 
the past kind of six or seven years of, of my life and, you know, upped our strength training game, upped our conditioning game, upped our softball training game. And ultimately the pandemic delaying Tokyo games brought me to Krista and Ashley at what is now OGX softball to level up even more and, and evolve as, as an athlete and get that experience in Tokyo. So Having that experience was just mind-blowing, despite the the differences that came about due to COVID, the challenges that we faced, the, the long training without seeing family and bubbles and testing daily and masking everywhere and not being able to go to other sports uh, to, to see, you know, to get that full Olympic experience. And so I, I, have, I have lots of, of excitement looking forward, but I'll, I'll pass it off to uh, Kelly. Oh, well, yeah, thanks for having us for sure, because this is so much fun to talk about. It's just something that I'm like super passionate about is just wearing USA across my chest. Um, I always talk about it was the greatest honor that I could have ever had. Um, my journey was completely different than these two. I'm a lot older than them. Um, so I had the joys of, you know, dreaming about being uh, an Olympic softball player, like right off, you know, immediately because my first my first realization of that I could be uh, an Olympian and play in the Olympics for softball was you know right after 1996 that, that Olympics my senior year in high school was the year after that so um, I always had an American flag behind my bed wanting to be an Olympian but I played I mean I played every sport growing up so to to realize uh, that it could be in softball uh, I just kind of went with that so my first national team um, tryout was after my freshman year of college and then every year after that I was part of the national team um, I wasn't always on the the A team I was most of the time on the B team uh, for many reasons that I will not talk about because uh, it's probably my own fault most of the day. Um, but my first uh, <laughs> my first Olympic team I was an alternate in 2000 so um, got to go to Sydney Australia um, and spend three weeks in Sydney and go to every event I could possibly wanted to. I got to go to parties. I got to, you know, have that Olympic experience, but um, not be a part of the team, say. Because once you get to the Olympics, it's you just kind of on your own. You don't get to practice with them and all that kind of fun stuff. But I got to at least experience it and see what these girls were gonna go were going through and and things like that. Um, and then my first Olympic Olympic team was uh, 2004. Uh, in Greece, and um, we were dabbed as the the dream team, uh, referencing the the basketball team that they thought was the best team ever created. Um, I like to think that we still are the best team that was ever created in the softball world. Um, we gave up one run uh, the entire Olympics, which is uh, pretty amazing considering back then. I feel like overall the national teams or the Olympic teams were at a higher level than kind of what they are now uh, throughout the world um and then i was fortunate enough to be on the 2008 beijing team uh where we unfortunately won a silver medal uh, i say that unfortunately as it's a bad thing to to win a silver medal but um when you're part of the u.s the standard is gold and that's it so uh it was the first time we had lost the gold medal uh in the olympics since being in it and 19 since 96 so um yeah and then after 2008 that was the year I was taken out. So it was kind of like disappointing because, you know, that I was 
geez, 2008, I can't even remember how old I was, but I was just getting into, I would say, the prime of my career. Um, you know, there was a pro league in the U.S., so it was like all these things were going on, and bam, we were done. So that dream of being an Olympian was completely over. Um, and then kind of I made the decision to stop playing with the national team and then, you know, start my pro career. So I was fortunate enough to play three years in Japan. Um, now I'm retired. Uh, the last Olympics, I was extremely fortunate enough to be a part of that uh, on the the uh, substitute coaching side of it because um, as COVID hit, it threw everything into a loop and uh, our coaches had to uh, go back to their prospective colleges and and make that the importance. Um, so I was fortunate enough to step in and kind of uh, help help the 2020 team uh, in their practices and, and things like that. And then um, I was extremely fortunate. They brought me with with them to the 20 games, and so I got to watch um, and, and be there and help them in any way I could. Um, so it was that experience being in the village uh, for me in 2004 and 2008 and then to get to see what their experience was like in 2020 in the village um, like Joey said they didn't get to go to any events they didn't it was like a ghost town which um, we played in front of you know 15,000 fans in Greece and Beijing and they got to play in mm-hmm. front of me and <laughs> the delegate the delegates <laughs> that were there so um, you know I was heartbreaking for all of heartbroken for all of them um, because again that was probably you know the coolest thing was getting to interact with all the the tremendous athletes that are there and and going to watch these spectacular other sports uh, to see what they're so good at Um, and then they had nothing Uh, you know they had to Mm -hmm. go to the field back to the field you know it was just crazy to see and then they had to immediately leave too after their games were over whereas my experiences i got to stay and hang around in greece for two weeks you know two weeks and in beijing actually i, I left immediately after beijing because we lost so <laughs> did not stay around for that but um you know we had those opportunities you know to to get it to get to interact on a normal level and, and things like that so um yeah it's just kind of my journey i i I'm so pumped that it's back in, in 28 um, with the hopes of that it's going to be a normal Olympics like it should be. Um, but, yeah. Awesome. Your story, Allie. Uh, Allie? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think I'm a little different than the two of them, and I feel like than a lot of Olympi- Olympians' journeys that I hear on a lot of people. And for a long time, I, I like, hated that I thought this, but it's the truth. So... I share this part of my story because it's real on that I don't think I grew up dreaming about being in the Olympics and I didn't have those like big dreams and goals and that wasn't like my focus growing up. Um, But I do remember I had times, I think Kelly might have been on that team, they came and on their tour for, um, I think it might have been 04, they came to Sacramento, which I'm from um, up in NorCal and watched them play and I would watch college softball every now and then, it's not as, you know, on TV all the time as as it is now, but I, I didn't have, like, I saw all these things and I would watch games. But I I don't think it was until I got to college um, that I really started to have this, like, more of a passion for softball. And even when I graduated was probably when I actually started my journey on, like, okay, this could actually 
really be something cool for me and it can mean something and it can be my career and I could be on the national team and then be a leader and and win medals and do these things which so maybe it wasn't what I thought was in the cards for me or um, I'm not sure what what it is but now is more than ever I love the game and I love being a part of USA um, so I was on the junior national team growing up a little bit. I think uh, my senior year of high school going into freshman year of college. Um, so I got to experience it a little bit, but didn't get the big team tryout until I graduated in 2015. Um, so I was a bit on the team since then. Um, I think most every year since I graduated, I was like Kelly talked about an A versus a B team, um, was on that A team. But for me in my career uh, prior to the 2020 Olympics, I did not make that A team one of the years, and it was the biggest year. It was the year that was going to be the team that qualified for the Olympics. Um, so it was, it was a hard year for me, but it was a really, a really cool year that I needed for myself. Like Joey talked about on like leveling up. Like how are you going to be better as an athlete and be better for your team, and how are you going to make that national team? So in 2018, I did not make the A team. I didn't make that team that qualified. Um, and I completely turned around my training, my nutrition, my lifestyle, everything that I needed to do to be better, to be able to make the, then, you know, the national team tryout the following year I did. And I, I hated that I didn't make that team, but it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me because I got kicked in the butt and I leveled up, like Joey said, and figured out what I needed to do, not only for me, but how was I going to be the best to get on that team for my teammates. Um, so when that tryout came around the next year, um, had a good tryout, made the team, and was able to be a part of that 2020 Olympic team. And like both of them talked about with COVID, it was also, you know, it was a crazy time. It was, it was, you know, Kelly talks about a lot of the things that we didn't get to do that she did. And we've had a lot of conversations about this. I, I think Joey, we have had too, where it's like, those things happen, but it's also like we had these scary doubts that we weren't even going to be a, have an Olympics. You know, it was like, I remember being on phone calls and different things happening was like, okay, what are we going to do? Are we going to have another tryout? Are we going to even have the Olympics? Are we, are we going to move to a different time? Is it going to just be postponed? Is it going to be done? Like there were so many conversations. So when it finally was like, okay, we're having the Olympics and this is what's happening. We're not having fans and things are going to be different. We almost just like, we're like, okay, like, we're going to accept that. We're going to embrace that because we could have not had the Olympics at all. And it was such a huge dream for us for a long time with it being out since 2008. So um, I think that was just a big, at least for me, maybe Joe, you can speak on that. But like, I just was like, okay, I'm going to embrace this and it is what it is. And we're going to make the best of it because we, at the end of the day, we are Olympians, right? We all won medals at the Olympics and that's, the coolest thing so um i was honored to be a part of that and since the olympics have been back um i play professionally and i also play professionally in japan um this is my fifth year over in japan so when i got you know we heard the news about the olympics being in for 28 i'm like okay like I'm, I feel like I'm in my prime right now, so my goal is to get, continue to train and do what I love right now, which is play softball and hopefully have an opportunity to be a part of that 28 team. Um, so that's my goal. I'm going to go for it. And if not, then I hope I can make 
anyone who's going to be on that team better and give them a little bit of experience and help them in ways to be able to win a gold medal at the 28 Olympics. Yeah. That's incredible. Thank you all for sharing those stories. I was one of the themes I feel like I heard in all of the stories was about, um, sort of like developing a love of the game and hitting prime at an age that is past college, um, which I think is something very interesting for women. Um, because you know, our post-college career looks unique. Um, I think, I think it's part of the reason that the game being in the Olympics outside of obviously honoring your country and all of the things that are amazing about the Olympics is so important. Um, as someone who works a lot of times with high schoolers, I think a lot of where shit hits the fan is when everyone is panicking because they're like, I only have three more years, you know, and I see a lot on the baseball side where we tend to take better approaches earlier because everyone is sort of like seeing that maybe college isn't the end game and, you know, I'm going to take these different approaches. So I'm curious to hear maybe a little bit more of, of your thoughts on that and when you guys felt like you were playing your best softball, how the possibility of an Olympic team and sort of like being able to play professionally, if you think that does change people's approach to how they they come at the game or should change people's approach to how they come at the game at, at younger ages, I'm just curious to hear anyone, I don't know if anyone feels, uh, but thoughts on that. Yeah, I think... I'll I'll touch a little bit on my my thoughts and then pass it over to the the two of, of them who are engrossed in you know the the U.S. pro game and um, but I I just think when softball's in the Olympics there's just as Ali mentioned like seeing that that team team USA play in front of her there there are dreams there are aspirations that get reborn and. It's it's so exciting to see the impact that that has on our game, and uh, oftentimes as women, when we enter the professional softball world, unless you're in the right situation, you have to have another source of income. You have to figure out how to make ends meet, and so I I juggled my softball career with coaching with NCAA coaching, you know, I was a head coach going into the Olympic year and with, with the year delay ended up stepping away from coaching in order to focus on, on training for that, that additional year. And it was honestly the best thing that, that happened to me. I, I hit my prime at 33, 34. And it's, it's because I was able to be an athlete and nothing else. And, and I just, I hope our game continues to grow and evolve and being back in the Olympics provides more opportunities for women to make money playing our sport and to actually be athletes, because that was such an empowering experience for me in that final year, that extra year that I would never wish a pandemic on the world. I've said that a million times. I would always wish for that extra year and that opportunity to be an athlete through and through and to just completely give my life to the game of softball for, for that extra year. Um, but yeah, off. yeah. Thanks. I think being able to like train, like you said, like be an athlete, like especially leading up to the Olympics, it's hard. Like we, in the past, even when it wasn't in the Olympics and you're training for even whatever the big tournament of that summer or whatever big event is like, you're trying to find the balance of, I need to, 
make a livelihood and work and do something, but I also need to train and be in shape to make this team and to make the national team and for moving forward, like make the Olympic team. So it's hard. It's been like forever, Kelly, too, like finding that balance. How, how have you been able to like do what you love and train, but you can't, you can't be an athlete full time because we've had to make the sacrifice and do, do other things. So hopefully it can change and be different and better. It's obviously every year gets a little bit better and there's more opportunity. Um, but I agree with Joey where it's like, it's so cool and empowering to be able as an athlete to do that full time, know what your body needs, know what kind of workouts you need to do. Even coming from college where everything, you know, you're told what to do, you're given everything. And then right out of college, it's like, everything's on you. And in that space, you have to figure out what's going to work best for you. How, how are you going to train? Where are you going to train? How are you going to do these things? And in the summer during those, you know, the short span that we have a professional space, you get glimpses of that, but how, like I said, how can we find that balance and get more out of those opportunities to then be prepared in what, whatever that Olympic game or whatever that big event might be at the end of summer. Yeah. Yeah. Kelly, I was, I, you I, mentioned that you thought, go ahead. Sorry. No, go, no, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, you mentioned that you thought, uh, the year of the dream team was like the strongest international year. What do you think was like different about the circumstances at that time? Was it that there had been consecutive years of, or, you know, that there was a buildup to the Olympics or what sort of made the international teams at that time different than how they are now? Yeah, I think, I just think when you have the Olympics attached at the end of a, of a quad is what we call it. Like it's a four year span. Um, it made every international event prior to that more important. So now you have more right. countries training at a higher level. You know, you have to qualify for world championships. Then you have to, you know, win world championships or finish second to qualify for the Olympics. And then, there, you know, there's the Asian Games that will qualify you for the Olympics. And then the Pan Ams also did that. Um, so it made every international event important. So we were going to send our best yep. teams. We were going to train that way. Um, and then once it came out of the Olympics, I feel like not just specifically, I know our country did it, in my opinion. I don't know, Joey can speak probably for Canada, but um, it became, let's send maybe some kids that aren't as experienced with a group of experienced girls to an event, to, to say like a Pan Am qualifier. Like, usually we would send our best. That's how it was in the past. Um, you mm -hmm. know, world championships was still important, you know, Pan Am's obviously was important, but I think it put more of a priority for each country to train at a high level consistently. Whereas a lot of the girls, but once it got taken out, you saw more girls retiring at a younger age in these other countries. And even in, right. in our country, you know, I've, you know, after, I think it was, Ali could probably correct me on this, but 2011, where there was a group of us that chose to go to the pro league instead of continue with the national team, because we weren't, we those girls that were on that team we had done the worlds we had done pan ams we'd done the olympics um and we were at the point where joey talked about was okay we have to make a living for ourselves so how are we going right. to do that um i know that's why i chose to leave the national team program and go play pro was you know i was extremely fortunate enough to be a part of the ucsa pride where i made a living playing for 15 years with them um you know and it enabled me to just play 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 um, I didn't have to get a coaching job. 
Uh, I got paid year-round from them. Not everyone had that same opportunity uh, in the Pro League as our team did, um, but it, it gave a spot for us to continue our careers with now playing for professional championships where, you know, so the Olympics mm -hmm. aren't there. So I think by bringing it back, I think you're going to start to see these countries get better and better and better because now it's go time. Okay, we got to have our best. We got to have our best here. We got to have our best at this tournament, that tournament. Um, because again, like I said, I, you know, we have to qualify. Um, we have to qualify for yeah. this. You know, it's just the yeah. different qualifications that are going to be more important. So I, I think that's kind of what happened and what ruined it, I think, um, as yeah. far as my perspective. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Yeah. No, it makes a lot of sense. I think when you hear other. <clears throat> again, sort of like going back into the buildup and the youth level, when you hear a lot of other sports doing work in each country on trying to make that system better, it comes from the game being in the Olympics every year and, you know, having a disappointing result and then they want to build back up and those things. And there's that pressure, you know, it puts so much uh, positive pressure on each country's systems, I think. So that makes a ton of sense to me and uh, something I think we all see and we'll just only elevate our game. You know, it's it's good when the U.S. and Canada are looking at, well, why didn't we get a gold? And it's back in the games and we want to and we want to do those things and, and are doing that. That's always good for our game. Um, I was thinking when Joey was talking about the, the dual roles and having to work um, – one of the interesting things I always think, so uh, I went to some Athletes Unlimited and different games with some of our, the youth that I work with, and one of the questions they often ask me is, uh, they'll, they'll go down to get autographs and they'll say, whoever, you know, um, I think one of the time it was like Sis Bates. Sis Bates walked right by, she didn't give any autographs. I'm like, well, she's a coach. She can't do that. And I think just this understanding of like, how much limitations that puts on our game because part of the pro game is about, you know, really being able to make money off of it also that you can brand yourself and you can do all of these things that, that gets limited when you can't, um, when you have other obligations and things that you have to do. I just think it's just such a disservice to our game that you guys have to do that. And I, I'm, I desperately hope that it keeps pushing to a direction where, um, we don't have to do that. I watched the Angel City docuseries and I was just like, yes, like we, I know we can do this and uh, in, in softball and I hope it keeps moving towards that. But um, I, I don't think people understand quite all of the layers to, you know, the highest level of our game, having to like go get a side gig. Uh, it's just not a great, <laughs> not a great uh, situation. So, um, yeah, I think maybe just uh, we can wrap up with, and I think you guys probably touched on this a little bit already in your, in your individual backgrounds, but just kind of summing up for you guys, what it means to have the Olympics in the game. Like, you know, obviously uh, not all three of you are going to be uh, in the 28 games, but when that got announced, like, what does that mean to you? What does that mean to the game? Um, how did that hit you, I guess, and that got announced? Or maybe when the games got announced that sort of like, Joey, when you knew it was in the 2020 games, how did that affect you? Yeah, I think when that announcement came as an athlete for the 2020 games, it's a an unreal realization that 
dreams can come true and there is an opportunity and how much excitement was around that. And I think now being on staff with the Canadian team, it's a little bit different. It's more like, oh my goodness, these younger athletes are going to have that opportunity to work for something so much bigger and to dedicate more of their life to this game and to have their childhood dreams come true or like Ali, their late high school into college dreams come true. And it's it's so exciting for our game. And as was already mentioned earlier, more funding gets poured into our game nationally and internationally and the competition levels up and it's there's just so much excitement i think now being on staff there's also that little added pressure piece of okay now game on we we need to figure out how to put our team in the best position to prepare and grow and get better and build to to that 2028 date but overarching just so much excitement in the softball community Kelly, I'm going to kick it to you. What do you think it means? I know how I can help you guys. <laughs> Joey, I know I can help Canada. Don't send you on, on, on the double of the wall. <laughs> Win a gold medal instead of a bronze medal. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, no. Um, yeah. I, I, this is, again, <laughs> I started off, I, I started this off by, like, saying, like, I'm extremely passionate because wearing that, three letters across my chest was was everything to me. Um, I help run our high performance program for uh, for USA softball, which I'm trying to implement like every age group having a national team and naming a national team because um, the WBSC is starting to have younger uh, international events, which is awesome to me because that's only going to help grow our game even more um, worldwide. Uh, so it's cool. I'm with the 15 team right now in Japan for the U15 uh, World Cup, which is the first one ever. And I, I think there's over 10 teams, 10 countries here, which mm-hmm. is so. Joey, where's Canada, by the way? Um, but it's so cool. Yeah, like, what the heck, Joey? <laughs> it's so cool because. <laughs> it's all Joey's fault. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so cool because I literally the other day was watching them play and I'm thinking. In five years, some of these girls could be on that Olympic team, which is awesome because, like, crazy. if the yeah. Olympics weren't back in, you know, these girls are just doing this because, you know, it's what their travel ball coach told them it was a great thing to do or, or whatever. But now it's like, oh, like, I'm part of this Olympic movement now. I think they've announced it like a hundred times that it's back in the Olympics at every, at every uh, mm-hmm. game just because it's like – not only for our for the USA, but like for Japan, like some of those girls. I was watching them. I was like, man, I should start scouting them because, like, <laughs> they some of the, their pitchers could be or their players could be in the Olympics. I just it's so awesome to just now like like Joey said, like these girls when they were my age can now dream about the same things that I dreamt about. Um, is is just really exciting to me. And then of course being from America and having it be when it's back again. Uh, in LA, which is one of the craziest cities in our country, um, you know, it, it's just it's just really really cool. Because now I think about Ali having the chance to play in front of thirty thousand Americans chanting USA over and over again. You know, every country is not going to know what they're in for when they hear that. It's going to be overwhelming. So um, it's just really really exciting for me. Mm-hmm. Amazing, Ali. 
I think for me, honestly, the first thing when it happened, I had obvious excitement, but I almost had this like relief because I'm like, okay, like now I know what it's going to be. It's in 28 and now I can like, like Joey, like it's go time. I can plan, right? Like the next five years of my life, like I have something I can go for and be more specific in and how am I going to, how am I going to attack this? Cause now we have that as a goal. Um, so I think that was like my first, like the excitement and then like, yeah, okay, let's go. I want to start planning. I want to do all the things I want to like get my training in line. Right. Like it was just like overwhelming, like excitement on that end. Um, but I think like Kelly's talking about with the younger ones, it's exciting because I think it's going to just elevate the entire world of softball and we talked about the pro league and all of those things hopefully in those next five years with you know more funding and different things coming to the national programs that it's also going to pour over into pro leagues and the college girls and people trans transferring out of college to go play pro and what does that look like to then train for the olympic tryout um so i'm just hopeful that it's going to elevate the game of softball as a whole um and the athletes that are going to be training for it in different countries um so that excites me that it's not only just back in softball for this big event, but it's like these next five years for softball are, I feel like just going to be huge and just make everyone elevate their game even more, which is really exciting for just the softball community in general. Yeah, that's awesome. I think like now is such an amazing time for women's sports generally. So I'm hopeful Mm -hmm. like the combination all feels like it's also go time for softball. Like it's time that we are doing just as much as, as, soccer and basketball and that people are starting to see how much value there is in this sport um, and giving you guys the recognition and the money uh, that you deserve for what you're doing, um, which is very exciting. So I appreciate you guys so much. I was saying, I think that uh, it's very important for every generation to sort of understand the journey of the generation um, before them or the current generation right above them. And um, and so I, I appreciate you guys sharing today and um, excited. Sorry, Joey, but uh, go USA. Uh, I did wear dual layers for 2020, depending on who was playing. Um, so I was, we, uh, the OGX team was all cheering for Joey, but we had like USA flags most of the time and then cheered, you know, lifted up to our Canada sweatshirt just for Joey. Um, just for Joey and the, 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 we don't have to be Canadian uh, yeah. fans, Canada fans, but we are all massive all Joey. Joey fans. Yes, we're all Joey fans. <laughs> I was like, I, I feel the love. Joey on this field. Yeah. Every, time, every time we say For years, I was laughing when you were talking about COVID, Joey, because I was like, I don't think I actually knew what Joey looked like uh, until years <laughs> Until years after we knew each other, because we only oh, saw each other with a mask on. That's so uh, true. I, yeah, I actually have a framed picture that Joey made us that that lives at our facility, and it's all of us together, but with masks on. <laughs> and I laugh at that picture all the time. So I'm like, what a ridiculous picture! It's just our eyes, but. We, we, we appear to be very happy in it, I think. <laughs> you, you never know. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, so. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you. Thanks so much for coming on. Of course. Thank you Thank so you much for having us. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. Just remember, subscribe on whatever you are listening on, Spotify, YouTube, whatever it is. It helps get the word out about this podcast. We appreciate you. And until next time.